0: goes by the student in Bo Snurdly, It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air.
1: Rush,
0: Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. Indeed, we are here. It is the Wednesday Rush Hour. You know, Christmas season is so beautiful. We're in the season... It's nice when you see Christmas time. It's nice when you see young love springing up everywhere and stuff like that. And it's just wonderful. Yes, indeed. There are so many news stories to get through today, my friends. We're not going to get them all. I'm, I'm saving stories for the Saturday stack during the week. And by the way, I'm still getting feedback over that story I did earlier in the week from the Daily Mail about uh, what happened when doctors. Um, the real inside scoop on the colonoscopies, what they've been finding. People are still commenting to me on that. and it's Not my, uh, yeah, anyway. <clears throat> Maybe I'll revisit that Saturday. Anyway, there was a story that should provoke incredible outrage, and I doubt whether it will because we just don't live in a time where things that should merit outrage receive it. And meanwhile, you have other little stories that are a blip that turn into these big viral sensations. The story I'm referring to, is uh, you can find it at the Daily BS today. Search warrant sparks mass outrage. I don't see it in any of the other places, by the way. reveals Jack Smith. This is the Trump-hating DOJ attorney, U.S. attorney, that has this phony charge against them. Anyway, Jack Smith has apparently targeted in the search warrant any American who retweeted or liked Donald Trump's tweets. Now, this is astounding. Every account that liked or retweeted former President Donald Trump's post on what was formerly known as Twitter became a target of the Biden Justice Department as revealed in a newly released document. Among several documents that were released by the JO, by the Justice Department, the DOJ, was the search warrant special counsel Jack Smith ordered to investigate the former president's Twitter account? Revealed in the pages of the document was that the Twitter users who interacted with the then president's account also had their data investigated. So if you're on Twitter, social media platform, you're an everyday American minding your business. And you saw a post that was put up by President, the President of the United States. You said, I like that. I'll put a little heart next to it, or I'll repost that. Now you have had the Justice Department investigating you. Information about tweets, his search history, and notably even the users who followed, liked, or retweeted Trump before his Twitter account was suspended following January 6th we part of the sweeping search warrant. This is unbelievable. Uh, I don't understand why or how, if this bears out, I do not understand how the Department of Justice can get away with this. There was a a story last week, I did not cover it because I'm still hoping to find out more about it, about the trillions of phone records that have been accessed by the government, trillions of them. And I'm still looking to learn more about that before I comment further. There is another story today, and I went back and pulled a story from two weeks ago that was in the Post because I wanted to know the answer. The story today was that... The Texas border sector, in one Texas border sector, Del Rio, there's a 169% migrant capacity. That's what it's at, 169% capacity. The long story short is that illegal immigration has not slowed down and it's still getting worse and worse by the day. Now, there was a congressional report that was out two weeks about the cost of this illegal immigrant. And what it said is, and again, this is New York Post, Americans could pay up to $451 billion. That is close to half a trillion dollars. $451 billion to care for migrants who entered the U.S. illegally but have been released into the country or escape from custody. Every day, millions of taxpayer dollars are spent on costly on costs directly associated with illegal immigration and the unprecedented crises at the southwest border. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who sometimes I have agreement with, sometimes I don't, is trying once again to have the Department of Homeland Security head Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas impeached. And I don't think it'll go anywhere in the House. I don't think it'll go anywhere in the Senate. But I don't know how you can argue that the job that not only he has done, but that Joe Biden has done with these borders, as horrible as they are, I don't know how there should not be accountability for that. And by accountability, I mean not waiting for the next election. That is the accountability. I mean accountability, oversight. And to that end, I want to just mention another story that you can find at the Daily Billet today. Feds are investigating an Iranian-linked group suspected of hacking American water facilities. An Iranian-government-linked cyber group is suspected of hacking a number of American water facilities across the the country. Politico reported that yesterday. The U.S. government launched an investigation into the multiple cyber attacks on American water plants. The Iranian-linked group is called Avengers with a 3AV3 in GERS. According to two officials who spoke to Politico, Iran has been Actingly, uh, increasing their hostility toward the United States. In fact, their group in Lebanon launched a drone attack, a drone against, um, uh, America. We shot it down. There was another story in one of the majors, I think it was the New York Times or the, or the Amazon Prime Washington Post that we, that we're skirting danger with Iran because we could, this war could broaden if anything happens. A misstep could bring us into a much wider war. Another report from the Daily Beast today: Police bust massive suspected Chinese illegal marijuana grow in Maine. Now, just think about this, and so I've just been adding this up in my own mind. We had the story last week about the illegal bio lab that was set up in California, and despite the fact. That the federal government was alerted to it. They did not want to act on it. An illegal biolab. And there were some vials there marked Ebola. It was discovered when a local, a local town official in California noticed that a hose was going into some building illegally. It, it turns out it's an illegal biolab and it's by a Chinese bad actor. Government didn't want to get involved. So you've got illegal biolabs. Then you have this massive amount of fentanyl that's coming through the border. And despite what Joe Biden says when he's talking with the Chinese government, we know a lot of it is manufactured in China and being sent here purposely. So you've got this fentanyl flowing in the United States, killing thousands of American citizens on purpose, coming up again through the open borders, which are the Biden administration's responsibility. You've got illegal biolabs. Now you have Chinese nationals busting in an illegal marijuana grow operation in Maine. DHS identified Department of Homeland Security. Internal memo, 270 suspected Chinese illegal marijuana grows just in Maine. So you've got Chinese, I don't know whether they're legal immigrants or illegal, but you've got them with these illegal drug operations in Maine. We don't know how widespread this is. You've got Iranian groups now testing water facilities, trying to hack into American water facilities. We are under attack in so many different areas, and all of it stems from one thing, a weakness of this administration to secure the borders and to send a strong message about United States sovereignty and security to these bad actors, whether it's Iranian or Chinese overseas, and actually stand up to them. This can come to no good. J.P. Morgan, head, Jamie Dimon, is pushing, he he did a speech, powerful left-wing audience, and you know what he wanted to do? He told them this, even if you're a very liberal Democrat, I urge you to help Nikki Haley, to Get a choice on the Republican side that might be better than Donald Trump. So now you have... Democrats saying they want to rally around Nikki Haley in order to take out Donald Trump. We've heard a lot. We have a caller, Susan, who calls here. And she's been warning us of this treaty that the WHO is putting together, the World Health Organization. And it has reached the point now that the Associated Press did a fact check on it. Now, when the AP does a fact-check, I get suspicious because I want to know who's fact-checking the fact-checkers. Fact-checking has turned into a political exercise. So someone will make an accusation, out comes some, what's supposed to be a trusted source, like the AP, and they say, oh, well, no, no, fact-check. So here's the AP fact-check. The claim is that a legally binding World Health Organization pandemic treaty will give the organization the authority to control U.S. policies during a pandemic, including those on vaccines, lockdowns, school closures, and more. AP's assessment, notice the fact check, this is how we assess things. The AP's assessment is that this is false information. It is a quote-unquote, they didn't put it in quotes, I am. A voluntary treaty, which is in draft form, it is still far away from ratification. It does not overrule any nation's ability to pass individual pandemic-related policies. Multiple experts, including one involved in the draft process, told Associated Press. I see. So you go to the people that are writing it, and you say, hey, we've got these people that are saying you're going to do this, that, and the other. Are you going to do that? And they say, oh, 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 no, don't be silly. We wouldn't do that. We're experts. And the AP says, okay. And they run out and say, see, no, they say they're not doing it. This is why I'm suspicious of fact checkers. You go to the people that are supposedly responsible. Hey, are you guys doing this? Oh, no, we're not doing that. No. And they say, okay, it's a false act. (laughs) It's false. Here's what they say the facts are. The World Health Organization has met, will meet this coming Monday, to discuss the first draft of the treaty. They're saying social media users mis, are misrepresenting the scope of the document to suggest that signing onto it would cede U.S. rights to the international body. Biden is about to give the China-controlled WHO power to control the United States. This will cover lockdown, supply chain, surveillance, and false news, claimed one Instagram post. Conservative blogs and commentators also shared misleading information about what kind of actions the treaty would cover. And they cite the Epic Times. And then they go to a Georgetown University law professor, Lawrence Gostein, who says, "All oh, these claims are utterly false. The United States retains sovereignty to set its own domestic public health rules, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Laura Logan, Lara Logan, is warning people, that this thing is coming, she she's just, I guess she's not convinced either that everything is fine with this treaty. So this is something that we will be keeping our eyes on. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am not a conspiracy cook. You know that. But do I think that the conspiracy folks, the people that are saying here keep your eye on the WHO, do I think they're nuts? Nope, I don't think they're nuts. Today's a very sad day in music history. 58 years old, Beatles guitarist, George Harrison died back in 2001 on this day. Very successful career after he left the Beatles. Solo artist, part of the, also the Traveling Willberries. He was the youngest of the Beatles. He was only 16 years old when he joined. His compositions. Taxman. Here Comes the Sun. Something. While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And his album, All Things Must Pass, in 1970, gave us My Singing Sweet Lord. The she moves. What an amazing
3: Attracts song. Me like no other
2: lover. George Harrison always will be remembered. Today, by the way, is also A lot of Beatle news today, too. The Beatles, on this day, that song that you heard something, went number one on the U.S. singles chart with Come Together and Something. The 18th number one hit. Something was the first Beatles song written by George Harrison to appear as as an A-side, with number one. That was back in 1969. And on this day, in 1969, this one, you know it, I'm sorry, 1963. Thank you, Diego. Yeah, today hold is the day hand. that was released in the United Kingdom. Now, you go up to the 1980s. Another Beatle. John Lennon is in the news. Today's the anniversary of John and Yoko's double fantasy album release. I never get tired of hearing this song. Never, ever get tired of hearing this song. Of course, the album was, they say, at first poorly received. Three weeks later, after it was released in 1980, John Lennon was killed. He was murdered. This album became huge. Won the 1981 Album of the Year at the 24th Annual Grammy Awards. This one was a single. John Lennon and Yoko Ono, Double Fantasy, on this day 1980. James Golden Snurvy with you on both Snurvy's Rush Hour, coming back right after this. Do not go away.
0: the Rush Hour is on the air. Attention, Dittoheads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Birthday today, Felix Cavalieri. Keyboards with the Rascals. Born in 1944. Good-loving, people got to be free, and of course, this big hit, 1967.
0: I can't imagine anything that's better. The
3: world is ours whenever we'll we're too good. There
1: ain't a place I like to be it's instead.
2: Grooving. Grooving. On Bozellers' Rush Hour, I am glad to see there is a, a, a story today in The Hill Presidential debates may not happen in 2024. That warms my heart. I love that. Uh, Here's how we can save this valuable tradition. (sighs) Yeah. The Commission on Presidential Debates announced the debates. I told you about that last week. Won't go through all that again. But here's the news. Both the DNC and the RNC have refused to commit to the debates. Serious problems in the last... Debates may prevent necessary parties from agreeing. One of the most serious problems, the moderators. And this article, this opinion piece, says the the problem with the moderators are twofold. Journalists have come to occupy a prominent argumentative position in the debates. And then they point to this little factoid in 1990s. Journalist moderators would occupy roughly 5% of the speaking time. In the most recent series of the debates, moderator Chris Wallace consumed more than 25% of all the speaking time that was allotted for the evening. There are no established limits for moderator monologues about politics to which the candidates are expected to respond. Secondly, journalist moderators indicate a pattern of favoritism toward the Democrat nominee. It's there, right in print. At times, the reactionary behaviors of moderators have allowed Democrat candidates to receive more speaking time, as they did in most of the debates prior to 2016, or resulted in the removal of moderators who actively coordinated hostile questions for Republican candidates. Now, the RNC is requiring that whoever is nominated refuse to cooperate with or to attend the uh, Commission on Presidential Debates events. And one of the things that they mention in this op-ed piece is that in the 1960 debate, the first televised debate between Nixon and Kennedy, both of them had eight minutes Eight minutes apiece to give their opening statement. They could lay out their case for why they wanted to be president. Typically now, they get two present two minutes. And I don't know. So there's a series of suggestions here. I'm glad to see this. I hope that unless there is major reform in the way these debates are conducted, including. And I'm just gonna stress this. I wanna see talk radio hosts, some of the more some of the syndicated talk radio hosts involved as moderators. And that should be a demand that the Republicans make before they do any, any debate whatsoever. We have people on hold, we're gonna to get to your calls. We're gonna check in though, traffic time, eh? Yep. With Bruce and let's head to traffic. We're coming back shortly after this. With more of your calls and with more news and stuff.
3: James Golden,
0: known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's the rush hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush.
1: rush.
0: Now here's Bo Snerdly. blue.
2: Super Drupal.
1: somewhere
2: in the crowd, there Their ninth number one single back in 1980, Super Chupa. ABBA on WABC Talk Radio 77. There is a lawsuit, and we're going to get to some phone calls before we check in with Lou Dobbs in a bit. There is a, uh, a a lawsuit. I am so happy to see this lawsuit. Rumble, the social media platform Rumble, is suing this group called Check My Ads. They're suing the co-founders, Nandini Jami, or Jamai and Claire Atkin. They say as part of their work, they routinely pressure advertisers and ad exchanges to boycott conservative news sites. And this goes on, and it's not just this one group. There's another group out here that that claims to be another one of these shields against misinformation or something. And they all these are left-wing attempts to shut down conservative media, in my opinion. That's what they are, and it's all political. Now, Rumble is saying that the defendants have peddled a false narrative that Rumble is primarily monetized and wholly dependent on revenue, from Google Ads when in fact Google Ads represent less 1% of the company's revenue and that and that narrative is damaging to Rumble because it's wholly inconsistent with their policy to be free from the political and economic pressures put on them by big tech they also are saying that this group has made false statements of that Rumble has lied to its investors And they are hauling their butts into court. Now, this is good. So now you have media matters being hauled into court. And now, Rumble's CEO, Chris Pavlovsky said, those of us who value free expression and the free exchange of ideas, it's important to stand up to the bullies and the people who lie and use intimidation tactics. They have been doing this since Russia's show was on the air, when they came up with these organized attempts to try to damage the show by going after the advertisers. So I am so glad to see that Rumble is standing up. We should try to get the CEO on the area and let him talk about this, because this would be, this is an important fight. And there are other groups out here doing the same thing, all across conservative print media, and by print media I mean online media, they're trying to attack, make sure that they don't get advertisement to dry up the money. All right. We talked yesterday about this protest that's going to happen today, supposedly at the Christmas tree lighting. We have a call on that from our buddy Sal in Staten Island. I want to take that call now. Sal, welcome you on Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you? I think Sal is busy, and whatever he's busy with sounds exciting let's go to sandra in new jersey sandra how are you doing this afternoon
1: i'm doing well i'm laughing from that call but you know james i was thinking um about covid when we had covid and i thought we would get it again for political reasons you know because when you have covid you stay home and you don't participate in things and you're afraid but I feel like it's happening in a different way. It's like psychological warfare. Like you said earlier on the phone, on the radio today, Twitter, they're gonna go after people who responded to things that Trump said. What about the people who call into the radio? Like like me, (laughs) should I be afraid that I say how I feel? I feel that psychological warfare, they're doing it in so many different ways that the people protesting the schools, uh, they're not safe. You go to a funeral, you have to worry. Eventually, all the retail stores are going to start dying and close. They're crippling us in a very subliminal way, and I wonder if this is a plan. I don't know. What do you think?
2: I think that there is a lot to what you're saying. Number one, there was a big story in Newsweek. I, I it's at the top of my Twitter at, at the top of my um Twitter feed. I pinned it there, where the anybody that supports or supported Donald Trump, is, in the view of the Department of Justice, I'm giving you a very short synopsis, a potential domestic terrorist. That story came out in early October. Now you have this. Jack Smith has gone after anybody with a search warrant that dare to either like or retweet something that the President of the United States said. You're in the crosshairs as a DOJ with a search warrant. This is unthinkable it is it is the ways and the methods that they're using to try to squash any kind of political debate you know rush used to talk about something and at the time i didn't get it and i questioned him on it and i never he used to say the democrats want to destroy the very idea that elections would have any meaning they want to absolute and, and so what you're seeing now if you talk about anything that you found suspicious In the 2020 election, you're branded some kind of kook, radical, whatever. Meanwhile, Democrats can tell you all they want, like Hillary Clinton did, that when Trump was elected, Hillary Clinton was out saying this is an illegitimate election. Nobody, Stacey Abrams, said she was the rightful governor, not the governor in Georgia. They can discuss their view that elections are unfair, but if you on the right say, ah, something was wrong with this election, oh, you're a kook now they're telling you they're going to search your they're going to search your account and find out who you are if you dared retweet something that the president of the united states put out and this is okay the first amendment in this country was designed to protect two things religious and political speech and this government under joe biden and these bad actors, like we were just talking about before, with, with this group that's now trying to shut down conservative sites, these groups that are trying to shut down conservative sites by attacking their ad, the people that advertise on them, and intimidating them. There is a full effort underway to shut up any opposition. And so now when you look at Russia's comments in retrospect, see what they mean. They will make elections irrelevant if they can. They will shut you down and shut you up if you are a member of the opposition. These are the kind of tactics that used to take place routinely in banana republics. They have come to America. And this is not some fantasy about their coming. We're not standing on a mountaintop saying, oh, my friends, be fearful of what's coming. This is what's happening now in the here and now. Sal is back on the line from uh, Staten Island. Sal, you had some uh, interesting things going on there a few minutes ago. Hope you've got them all resolved. How are you, Sal?
4: Hey, Bo. Always great to hear your voice. And I heard on Rudy Giuliani's show, God bless him and God bless you too, that these psychotic pro-Hamas morons are going to attempt to uh, distract the um, the, uh, Christmas tree lighting. I mean, the bottom line is they're such idiots. Um, Bo, they are not just supporting they're supporting terrorism they're burning the American flag and if they do that in front of this American Marine, I will take them apart. pray for an American veteran who's a service animal His though his back legs are much trouble he's in debt now for the thousands of thousands of dollars. the dog and we're praying for a Christmas miracle to Christ that he and the dog live through Christmas and this is just a disgrace. why don't they come out in march? For American veterans who are out in the elements, eating and drinking out of garbage cans, and a whole American families born here who work here, who are out in the elements, it's going to be cold, and it's cold. It's going to stay cold. Why did they march, march for justice, not to help terrorism?
2: Well, here's the thing, and we talked about it yesterday. Mayor's talking about it today. We talked about it yesterday on the show. And in fact, we talked about it with with Bob too during the traffic report, and Bob advised everybody yesterday: do not try to drive into the area, take mass transit if you're going to the tree lighting tonight. Traffic is always a mess. We want to just bring that out there. But <clears throat> um, here's the thing. They announced plans, and their plans are not to protest. They said in this flyer that they want to disrupt the tree lighting. Now, last night on my Twitter account, I posted, if, if they get away with this, if they are, this is dangerous stuff. If they do indeed disrupt it, and anyway, violence, anyone associated with this needs to be put in jail. I got a response back. You, you, you're you, making me cringe. You're talking about, about not allowing protest. No. If you have a protest, you're supposed to go get a permit. If you want to hold a big public protest, you are supposed to get a permit in New York. That is the legal way to do it. This group has not announced that they have sought a legal permit. To try to disrupt a, and let's, what is this tree lighting ceremony? For many people, it's just, okay, it's kind of a secular, it's, oh, let's go look at the pretty Christmas tree. But for others who have a profound religious belief surrounding Christmas time, this is the beginning or a beginning of their religious holiday season. And what these pro Palestinian, Look, I am not opposed to people that are pro Palestinian on the face of it. You want to be pro Palestinian? Okay, that's legitimate. If you want to say, I have a point of view, you're allowed to have your point of view. But what you're not allowed to do is to go disrupt and potentially hurt other people because they have a point of view. They have, these pro Palestinian protesters have not only been protesting illegally, they tried to shut down. The commuting networks in New York, Grand Central Station, they vandalized public property, and now they're threatening to disrupt a major event. If they do it, every single one of them that disrupt should be held to account. They should be promptly arrested, and not just the typical arrest, oh, we'll take you down to the station on your little plastic handcuffs and then let you out. They should be prosecuted, but of course... Letitia James and Alvin Bragg, they're too busy trying to go after Donald Trump than to actually enforce the laws of New York. This is becoming intolerable, and it should not be allowed to take place. Robert, in Suffolk County, New York, you're up next. Hello? Robert, Hello, yep, quickly to your point. Yes, how are you, Robert. Hi
3: afternoon no, i'm from brooklyn that's why i didn't know it was me okay so um well okay quickly the beavis family you know they, uh, they have the child Kafir, 10 months and the brother four four or five years old ariel apparently Hamas, They're claiming that they're dead so it's absolutely horrific and uh, the idf said they're investigating and they should be held fully accountable for that it's crimes against humanity um continuation of crimes against humanity Joe Biden um he made a horrific tweet. He tweeted yesterday, quote, to continue down the path of terror, violence, killing, and war is to give Hamas what they seek, unquote. That's horrific. Joe Biden is trying to suppress Israel's ability to defend itself. Shame on him. And Caroline Glick has an article posted saying that Biden is the primary obstacle to Israel winning. So shame on Biden, shame on Biden. And um just reminded that Gert, Willi- Gert, Will- 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 Gert Wilders, who won in the Netherlands, he uh, tweeted out. He said that Jordan is Palestine. So if Palestinians they want to know what Palestine is, it's Jordan. Israel actually is being occupied the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, otherwise known as Judea and Samaria, by the Palestinians. So you know, people have to get informed and stop persecuting Jewish people.
2: Thank you for the call, Robert. There's a story today. Activists wanted a Middle East ceasefire. They got something else from DEMS, from the Democrats. It's in political. And this article goes through how even Elizabeth Warren, their hero from the left, John Fetterman, are not being, uh, uh, how shall we say, greeted with enthusiasm from the Democrat activists left because they're not calling for this complete ceasefire. Even Bernie Sanders, who was calling for conditional aid, to Israel isn't far-left enough to please these far-leftist Democrats. Dan Goldman, who called for the assassination of Donald Trump two weeks ago or so, is now also finding that he is getting a lot of heat from the ultra-pro-Palestinian left because he voted to censure Representative Rashida Tlaib. So the Democrats are at, at 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 having problems in their own caucus with this. Charles Schumer, Chuck Schumer, delivered a speech today, basically calling out Democrats for their anti-Semitism. Birthday today. Tim Davis, drummer, singer, songwriter, with Steve Miller's
1: band.
2: Uh, with this one, so many hits, the Joker, this one, fly like an eagle, abracadabra. He died young, age 44, heavenly birthday today, Tim Davis, drummer, Steve a Miller band. Time to check in with Luke Dobbs. Coming back, more of your calls. Don't go away.
0: Rush! It's the rush hour with Bo Snertley on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Birthday today, Chuck Magione. I tell you what, if you love the flugelhorn, you gotta love Chuck born 1940 U.S. composer, arranger, arranger, brilliant musician, 1978, this one went all the way up to number four, an instrumental, feels so good, and he did, I remember those concerts he did on PBS, oh man, those were terrific. Land of Make-Believe with Esther Satterfield. Birthday today, Chuck Mazzioni.
0: James Golden, a.k.a. Bo presents Rapid Falls.
2: Rick in Freeport, you're up. What is the point you'd like to make, please?
0: James, good
3: evening. This is a 95-year-old super senior from Freeport. Today was the first time I was ever to get gas under three dollars. So now I did a little investigation, and I find out that we're pumping gas now. We're back in in business, and we're also selling offshore. But you think Biden would say anything? No, he would not say anything because the greenies would get mad. That's lies well, all well, the time.
2: Well. Rick super senior I'm so glad to have you as part of this audience thank you and I'm glad you're able to find gas at a uh, at a at least a better price than was by the way for all of you seniors who are on social security keep your eye on your mailbox you're supposed to be getting a check your Christmas gift from the social Security department I think it amounts to about 900 bucks or something like that and if you have two people in the household that's that's pretty decent you're gonna you, both you'll get checks and all that if you're both on Social Security. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Robert in Suffolk County, you're up next.
3: Hi. Noam Layden had covered this story on the news segment on the other side of midnight this morning early. China has a new virus. Supposedly it is lab-made. It's a designer virus, and it's going around rampantly in China. Beijing is supposedly going to consider lockdowns, among other measures. It's affecting the young. It's called white lung.
2: And here is and, some, and Noam is such an amazing broadcaster, and he's our news director, and once, most of the time on Saturdays, or some of the times, he's with us, and we have extended discussions, so I'm going to ask Noam about that this weekend. But here's some of the things we do know. China also suppressed information about when this disease happened. We're just being told about it in the last month. It's been on the scene in China for over four months. People coming down with pneumonia. Yes, it's suspicious. By the way, there's also something suspicious going on in the United States concerning dogs and having some respiratory ailment that affects dogs. We've been tracking that one as well. Thank you for the call. John in New Jersey, you're up next. Hey,
3: Well,
2: John... John, I'm going to have to defer. The music started, which means it's time for Bodie. to shut up. So I'm going to do that by saying we're here tomorrow. Glad to take as many calls as we can. And may God bless, continually bless, and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. And I pray for those that are attending the tree lighting ceremony tonight at Rockefeller Center to be safe and free from worry. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, all back tomorrow again for Bosnardley's Rush Hour, the Thursday edition at 4 p.m. Until then, my friends.